Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, glory to God. It's been an interesting afternoon. You know, trying to, to get something together and all kinds of questions and things coming up. But, you know, maybe tonight what I got to talk to you about actually applies better than I thought it would in light of all that. Hallelujah. Um, to be honest with you, there are times when you kind of preach from what you're going through. You know, you kind of preach from a place of what you're needing at the moment and uh, what God's talking to you about. And so the last few weeks have been really, in my life, have been really kind of bizarre, uh, challenging, and um, frustrating, really frustrating. And I won't go into all the details of what it's all about, but in the middle of all that, pastor came to me and he, has, he said, remember, and he, then he began to tell me what I needed to remember. And so the Lord talked to talk me last, I guess it was Sunday, I think it was probably Sunday morning, and he said, remember that word, remember? And I went, yeah, okay. He said, do something with that word. And I'm going, all right, so this is what we're going to, when we talk about remember tonight. So, um, you know, I, uh, I kind of looked at, at things, and, you know, the best place you can start is with God. And, and to be honest with you, you know, I, I'll put it in, in terms like this. God has never and will never have a case of Alzheimer's. He remembers everything. He's like me. God is just like me. He remembers everything. Hallelujah. But there, there, is, there, is, some, there is just one thing he does not remember. Just one thing. He remembers your sin no more. You know, you can find that in uh, Isaiah 43. You can find it in Jeremiah 31. You can find it in Hebrews 8 and Hebrews 10. Their sins and iniquities I will remember no more. Um, in Isaiah, he says, I'm he that blots out your transgressions. I will remember, not remember your sins. And, you know, so those are things that God has chosen not to remember. The interesting thing about that, when you really stop to look at it, if God has chosen not to remember my sins, I can choose to not remember somebody else's. I can choose. You know, there's this old saying, well, I might forgive, but I won't forget. No, to forgive is to forget. And see, when God forgave us, he also forgot it. And when we supposedly forgive someone, that means we have to forget it and let it go. And so God is, is in the place of that's the only thing he does not remember. The only thing. Everything else he remembers in great detail. So we're going to talk about a few of these things. Um, in Genesis, and I'm going to go through quite a few scriptures. We won't turn to very many of them. This might be very short tonight. Uh, I always say that, and then it winds up running over. So, okay, whatever. Uh, but uh, in Genesis 9, verses 15 through 16, he talks, and in Leviticus 26, 42, and Ezekiel sixteen sixty, he talks about the fact, I will remember my covenant. See, God puts himself in remembrance of a lot of things. He remembers. I will remember. You know, well, why does he have to say that? Because honestly, I think we provoke him a lot of times. You know, the things that we do could provoke him, 
but he chooses to remember his covenant in spite of the things that we do. I found such an interesting verse this afternoon. And let me see if I, I know I wrote it down here. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, hang on. Um, ah, Psalm 78, verse 38. Why don't you look at this with me? I just thought this was just the most interesting thing. Psalm 38. I'm uh, 78, I'm sorry, you're right, 78. See, I didn't remember that exactly, right, did I? <laughs> Psalm 78, a verse says 38 and 39. Uh, just 38 is just kind of a lead in to 39. It says, but he being full of compassion forgave their iniquity and destroyed them not, Yea, many a time turned he his anger away and did not stir up all his wrath, for he remembered that they were but flesh. I went, oh, oh, thank you, Lord. You remember that I'm just flesh. You know, I've got this fleshly body to contend with. I've got this mind that's not completely renewed. And so you take into account the fact that I'm just flesh. Hallelujah. You know, when you, when you run up against somebody during your daily walk, you know, around going through life and everything, and, and, and they just, I mean, I'm telling you what, they get on your last nerve, so to speak. I want you to remember, they're just flesh. They're just flesh, and whatever they're doing is the result of an unrenewed mind. And if they're not born again, it's the, it's the, it's the result of the unregenerated mind. <laughs> so you remember that. You know, there's, 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 that's, a, that's a comfort to me in one sense of the word, to know that God remembers that I'm just flesh. You know, and so because of that, he can have such great patience with me. And he can, and he can have such forbearance with me. And he can have such mercy on me. And he can have such compassion on me because I'm just flesh. Now, I'm not going to be able to just live in that kind of an excuse always because he's given me the word so that I can renew my mind and change my flesh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There, there's, a re, there's a real element there that we need, we need to do. You know, you know, sometimes people go around with, you know, just cut me some slack. Just, just cut, give me a little slack here. Well, there's your slack right there. He remembers we're but flesh, but then he also tells us to put on a new man. To put, put on that new man, that new man with a new mind, you know, that's, that's influenced by the new heart that's on the inside of him. So, you know, I, I, I saw that. But, you know, we go on in, in Exodus uh, 2, 24 and Exodus 6, 5. It says, God remembered his covenant. He would look at man at different times and he would remember his covenant. He would remember his covenant. You know... There, there's, such, there's such greatness in that, to know that God always remembers his covenant. The covenant he made with the children of Israel, the covenant that went back to the days of Abraham. We may not be Jews, but I tell you what, we are the seed of Abraham. And we have every right to remember the covenant that God made with Abraham. He remembers it, and it impacts our lives to this very day. We walk in that Abrahamic covenant every single day, you know, and then God put on more on top of that. You know, he added to that with Jesus. There, there's so much that comes to us as a result of the covenant he made in the Old Testament. Go with me to um, Psalm 105. 
You're close by. You're not too far away from that. Psalm 105, verse 8. It says, He has remembered His covenant forever. The word which He commanded to a thousand generations. Which covenant He made with Abraham and His oath unto Isaac and confirmed the same unto Jacob for a law and to Israel for an everlasting covenant. To a thousand generations. We haven't even gotten close to a thousand generations yet. And God has got, got us covered all the way through. No matter what, we are covered. Hallelujah. Because he's remembered that covenant. In Psalm 105, verse 42, it says, For he remembered his holy promise and Abraham his servant. And he brought forth his people with joy and his chosen with gladness. Hallelujah. You know, these are talking about Old Testament people, but I'm telling you what, that just that brightens my heart to think that he, he brought them forth with joy and is chosen with gladness. That still applies to me. I'm his people. I'm his chosen. You know, so he can bring me forth with joy and he can bring me forth with gladness. But why? Because he remembered his holy promise to Abraham. And to his servants, that would be me. Hallelujah. Uh, Psalm 98, verse 3. Psalm 98. Hallelujah. See, if I had realized Pastor Greg was going to be in here tonight, I'd have had him do this. He already had a message prepared for the youth, and I, youth, and I bet you guys would have enjoyed a youth sermon. Yes. Hallelujah. Verse 3 here of Psalm 98 says, He hath remembered his mercy and his truth toward the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Hallelujah. Just to know that God is constantly putting himself in remembrance of these things, of his covenant, of his promises. You know, back in the days of Noah, he put a, he put a rainbow in the sky. That's God's. You understand me? That rainbow does not belong to anybody else or any other organization or any other lifestyle. That belongs to God. That rainbow was a sign of his covenant that he would never again flood the earth. Never again. That's his. And every time you look at that, you need to make sure that what that causes you to think of is God little extra added in there that I never thought about. But anyway, um, you know, and it's sad that that's been taken and, and put to use the way it has. Sad. But I tell you what, every time I see it, I just think, oh, Lord, that's you just reminding us as well as you of the covenants that you've made with your people. I see that and I just go, number one, I think how beautiful it is and how spectacular it is. And the opportunities, you get to see a double rainbow. You went, oh, double blessing today. Double, double, double. I've been in Hawaii before and seen a, a triple rainbow. Man, quite spectacular it is. You know, but then we serve a spectacular God. So, you know, when you see a rainbow, I want you just to do what God does and remember why he put it there and what he's saying to you. He's, he's remembering something that he said, and we can remember what he said. Hallelujah. Um, 
it's interesting that there's an example of the fact that I, I believe we can take a lesson from in 1 Samuel 1 verse 9. 1 Samuel, first chapter, verse 9. Hallelujah. Uh, I'm sorry, that's verse 19. If you know the story, um, a woman by the name of Hannah had gone to the temple, and she was in great distress, and the priest named Eli thought she was there and she was drunk or something. So he came to her and he said, what, you know, what, what are you doing drinking? And, he, and she's going, no, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just in distress. You know, I've, I, I have, I've had no child, you know, and, and, and that's, that's just my heart. That's my heart's desire. And it says here that in verse 17, then Eli answered and said, go in peace and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that you've asked of him. And she said, let your handmaid find grace in your sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. And in verse 19, it says, They rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house to Ramah and Elkanah, knew Hannah's wife, and the Lord remembered her. Isn't that nice? I mean, here's an example of God remembered an individual person. Listen, if he remembered Hannah, a specific person, he remembers you. Whatever the desire of your heart is, whatever petition that you've brought before the Lord and he has confirmed in your heart that it belongs to you, he will remember you and he will remember what you ask for and he will personally take charge of making sure that you get your answer. Just, just to know, he remembered her. You know, I, I just, today I looked at that and I thought, how wonderful is that? When you, th- there's a scripture that, that just, just says, he remembered her, not remembered some woman. He remembered her. It was very specific. You know, God specifically knows you. He remembers you every single day. He's got the hairs on your head numbered. Hang on to all you can. Some of these guys have gotten rid of a lot of them. <laughs> you know, but uh, God remembers you. He remembers everything about you, every little detail about you, every little thing that's in your heart. He remembers because he remembers you. You know, and I just, I just looked, just, I just found some interesting things today. You know, it's amazing when you sit down with a concordance and you start looking through things like remember, remembered, remembrance. It's amazing the things that you find. You know, you, you go through it and you go, wow, that, that's good. Oh, wow, that's good. Wow, that's good. That's good. And, and it's just, it's, it's comforting to me to know that God remembers. No matter if, if, if it's a petition, if it's a need, if it's a desire, if it's, if it's something, something that I'm, I'm just floundering in, he still remembers me. And he, he has somebody like a husband come to, come to me and say, remember what the Word says. Remember. See, that's God remembering me. It's to have somebody come to me and say, oh, remember, remember this. You know, and, you know, we, we need to put each other in remembrance. You know, you see somebody struggling with something, go to them and say, remember this. 
Because if they've been sitting here very long, they've heard what they need to hear. You know, there are people who haven't heard what they need to hear, so they can't remember it. You can't remember what you haven't heard, but you have been full of hearing. You know, and so there is much that God can bring to your remembrance. He can just pull it up out of your heart, or he can send somebody to you to say, remember, remember this. Remember what the Word says. Remember what this Scripture says. Remember this. And it can make a huge change in a circumstance. At that particular moment, it can change everything. You go, oh, yeah. You know the old commercial, I could have had a V8. I don't know how many of you remember that. But that's the way we are sometimes with the Word of God. You know, we just go along, just going around through our old day life, just trying it on our own, trying to do whatever it is we need to do. You know, being frustrated about something, being, being just full of anxiety about something, you know. And then we go, ah, oh, I could have had the grace of God working in me. I could have had this peace in me. I could have had this direction, and yet I've been trying to do it all on my own. What was the matter with me? I could have had a, you know, slap yourself upside the head every once in a while. It helps. Hallelujah. Um, the psalmist David, it was very good. If you look through a lot of the psalms, he, he, there's, there's a lot of places, you know, in the Old Testament where it says, talks about remember. And David said so many times, and just a couple of the things that he said, he said, remember me. He's talking to the Lord. He said, remember me for thy goodness sake. You know, David was a person who was just a man of flesh, you know, made mistakes, you know, made a lot of mistakes, you know, but God loved him and he loved God. And there were just times he would just say, remember me, Lord, just remember me for your goodness sake. You know, take me into account for your goodness sake. In Psalm 106, he said, remember me, O Lord, with the favor that you bear to your people. Remember me, Lord, with the favor that you bear towards your people. So, you know, you might want to take a look sometimes at what the psalmist David had to say when he was talking to the Lord. You know, it pays us. We, we look at the epistles and we look at the prayers that Paul prayed and we can know we, we can take those same prayers that Paul prayed for the churches in, in Ephesus and Galatia and Philippi and, and Colossae. We can take those prayers and we can pray them over ourselves today. Why can't we take the same things that the people like David said to the Lord. Why can't we take those? And we can't, why can't we pray those same kind of things, you know? I mean, David had such a heart for the things of God. When you start reading some of his psalms, you know, the things that he wrote and, and, and the way he wrote them, you know, and, you go, and he just, he's constantly extolling the praises of God. He's putting himself in remembrance of those things at all times, you know, and in spite of what was going on. And we need to do that so much of the time that when we're, we're finding ourselves distressed like, like I have, which I really have. I mean, I have, I have said this to, to Pastor and I've said this to a couple of other people. When I have just let my flesh get so much in, in the way, you know, over the last few weeks. And, and I know better. You know, but this, this particular situation just pushes my button. And I'm going, remember, 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 remember. You know, it, and sometimes, you know, it's just like, forget the remembering business. I don't want to remember that. <laughs> you know, but in Deuteronomy, you know, the, this is uh, something really good. Turn over there with me. It's Deuteronomy 8. 
Deuteronomy 8. Hallelujah. You know, when you're kind of distressed, when things don't seem like they're going too great, you know, go back to Deuteronomy. This, this, this is a great chapter here. It says uh, in Deuteronomy 8, verse 2, it says, You shall remember all the way the Lord your God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness. How long have you been born again? Maybe you should say to yourself, remember all the ways God has led you these 20 years, these 5 years, these 40 years, these 10 years, this one year, this one week. Remember all the ways God has led you. Remember them that God has led you. Remember those things. You know, sometimes you know, we, we, we kind of pick at the children of Israel because, you know, they, I mean, God did such wonderful things for them. He brought them out of Egypt with silver and gold. He brought them out. There was not one feeble among them. He brought them out, not a dog or, or any kind of an animal even made a sound as they left. He led them with a pillar of cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night. He parted the Red Sea. He rained manna down from heaven. He sent quail. He gave gave them water out of a rock. And yet they turned right around and built a molten calf and started worshiping it. And And we give them a hard time. How, you know, better watch out. You know, how many times have we forgotten when God has done marvelous and wonderful things in our lives? Have we turned right around in a short amount of time and found ourselves mumbling and grumbling and complained and and stressed and frustrated and aggravated and mad and, you know, all those wonderful attributes and forgot how God has led us? And we've gotten ourselves in places of worry where we didn't, I don't know what to do. 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 How's God led you? Has God ever led you? Then he'll lead you again. If he's done it once, he'll do it again. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or God's seed begging for bread. That's a good scripture to make yourself remember. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. That's an Old Testament. But I tell you, in the the New Testament, what Pastor's been talking about on Sunday morning is more true and more real to us than ever because the Holy Spirit, the one, the comforter is on the inside, the one who leads and who guides is on the inside. There should never be a question in our minds of of, what do I do? What what am I going to do? You're looking at the wrong place. What are you... The whole concept in that question is, what am I going to do? It should be, Father, the Holy Spirit's on the inside of me, and I know he's the comforter. I know he's the guide. I know he's the teacher. I know he knows all things, and he's going to bring all things to me that I need to know. So thank you that I know. I know what to do. It doesn't look like it right now, but I know what to do. When I need to know, I'll know. We frustrate ourselves so many times because we think we need to know now when we don't really need to know now. All I need to know is the next step. I don't need to know the whole plan. I don't need to know the whole path. I don't need to know all. I just need to know what the next step is. Do the next step. Then he reveals more. He might give you three steps. Okay, take the three steps. Now what? Now we're going to do five steps. Now we're going to do this. Now, Just trust him. Just remember, you can trust God at any time for anything. Um, 
Deuteronomy 8 verses, let's see, let's see here, this same chapter, let me see where I want to start. You know, verse 6, you know, you might as well just start there. Just because it's just as a good place to start. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord your God brings you into a good land. Has he brought you into a good land? A land of brooks of water, of fountains and depths that spring out of valleys and hills. A land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates. A land of olive oil and honey. A land where you shall eat bread without scarceness. Where you'll not lack anything in it. A land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you may dig brass. And when you have eaten and are full, you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he's given you. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God. I tell you what, you know, we are so blessed We are such a blessed people that if we're not careful, sometimes we take it so much for granted that we forget God. We forget that it's him. You know, it says, uh, Beware that you forget not the Lord your God in keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I command you this day, lest when you are eaten or are full and have built good houses and dwelt therein, and your herds and your flocks multiply, and your silver and your gold is multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, and your heart be lifted up, and you forget the Lord your God which brought you out. And go right down to verse 17. And you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand has gotten me this wealth. But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore unto your fathers as it is this day. You know, it's, it's sad to say, but there are a lot of people who have forgotten about God in the middle of their blessings. You know, we talk a lot about remembering God in our times of trial and, and temptation, times of testing, times when we have to stand in faith. But, you know, there are times when God bless, has blessed people so much and so well, they forget who the blesser is. And now their blessing becomes their downfall because they think somehow that that blessing came at their doing. It came within, within something they did. And they forgot who blessed them with those blessings. You know, when you forget who blesses you with the blessings that you have, you're in danger of losing those blessings. Or you're in danger of losing what really is of most value to you. You know, I've I've seen it over the years that people that God blessed, you know, with a business, and suddenly the business became more important than anything else. Up until then, serving God was, was the most important thing in their lives. And then God begins to bless them. And, well, now this, this blessing has taken, has taken on a life of its own. And now they've got to feed this blessing. And they've got to put more and more time in it. And they forget putting God first, which is where their blessing came from to start with, was when they put God first. And, and that blessing begins to take over. And they forget. And though that blessing seems to be in place maybe something else of far greater value gets lost in the meantime. Like a family, like a marriage, like children. Because the example they set in front of their children caused their children to think, ah, this church business, this living for God business, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. How many people who, who have 
forsaken the things of God for the sake of a business, for the sake of the almighty dollar, for the sake of prestige, for the, pre- for the sake of success, and lost their family tells you it was worth it. Oh, well, they didn't lose their family. They're still very close to their family. Yeah, but is their family living for God? There is no price you can put on knowing that your children are saved. No price you can put on the fact that you know your children are going to be in heaven when you go to heaven. There's no price you can put on that. On that. There is no price that's worth your children's salvation. There's none. You know, if you wind up with nothing of material value in this world to know that your children have an eternal home in heaven and you're going to be together, you know, it's worth everything. But, you know, God's ordained that you have it all, that you have it both, but to keep it in perspective, but to keep it in a place where you remember it. You don't forget where God's might and God's power put you, that it's his hand, it's his ability in you that gave you the power to get and to have what you have. Those are important things to keep in remembrance all the time. Um, hallelujah. Second Chronicles 16, verse 12, it starts, I'm going to just start telling you about some of the things we, we ought to just remember ourselves. Uh, it says, remember his marvelous works. Ecclesiastes 12.1 says, Remember now your creator. Psalm 105, verse 5. Again, it says, Remember his marvelous works. In fact, let's take a look at that one. Psalm 105, verse 5. Well, we, we actually did read this before. This is, this is what I was thinking of. Uh, verse 5, remember his marvelous works, for he has done his wonders and his judgments of his mouth. O ye seed of Abraham, you, his servant, his children of Jacob, his chosen. He is our Lord, our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He has remembered his covenant forever. The word which he commanded to a thousand generations, which covenant he made. We read this before. Which covenant he made with Abraham and his oath unto Isaac and confirmed the same unto Jacob for a law and to Israel for an everlasting covenant. Uh, you, if, you, if you go to Psalm 103, um, well, let's, let's go to Psalm 77 first. Psalm 77. Verses 10. It says, And I said, This is my infirmity, but I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember Thy works of old, I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of thy doings. You know, it it doesn't hurt you to rehearse the good things God has done in you. The things he's done for you. It it not only does it not hurt, it helps to rehearse those things. Now, if you go over to Psalm 103, you know this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know you know this verse. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And for, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And I 
like the amplified version of verse 5. It says, who satisfies your mouth with good things. It's, the Amplified says, who satisfies your necessity and desire at your personal age and situation. Your personal age and situation. Isn't that wonderful to know that God's interested in my needs and my desires, my necessities, whether I'm 20 or whether I'm 80? All those things at my personal age and my personal situation. Wow, that's one of those great benefits to not forget. Hallelujah. Um, and then if you go on down in, in the same chapter to verse 17, it says, But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and his righteousness unto his children's children to such as keep his covenant and to those that remember his commandments to do them. It's not just enough to remember his commandments. You have to do them. You got, you got a great promise attached to the doing, to the remembering and the doing. Hallelujah. Um, glory to God. Um, Psalmist David in, in Psalm 45, 17, he said, I will make your name to be remembered in all generations. In Psalm 78, 35, it says, They remembered that God was their rock and the high God their redeemer. Ooh, they remembered that he was their rock. When things look shaky, when things feel unstable, unsteady, you got to remember, God is your rock. God is your redeemer. You know, God's people in the Old Testament had a habit of making memorials at different places at different times to signify different things. There's a reason why they, they built this, this memorial at different times. It was to commemorate an event. It was, it was so when they came by again, it called it to their remembrance. And it was an opportunity for them to tell somebody about what God had done. You know, there are so many times we really need to just put a marker at certain places in our lives that we, that we come back to ever so often. We revisit that particular place, and we see what God did for us at that moment and how he brought you through in that situation, not just to call it to your remembrance and to thank him again for his goodness, but to also to, to have it on your mind in such a way that you just can't help but tell somebody about it. Listen, this is what God did for me. This is how God blessed me. This is what happened in my life. You know, I, I go back every few years to the digestive disease people, and, and I still see the same doctor I saw back in 2001. And every time she looks at my chart just about, she says, boy, you sure were lucky. And I, every time I say, I wasn't lucky, I was blessed. You know, there are opportunities to share what God's done in your life, to share the goodness of God by going back to those places that we have, that we have etched in memory in our lives, that we can go back and we can pull that up and we can show it to somebody else and say, see this? This is what was going on in my life at that particular time. And this is what God did for me. 
You know, what a blessing that is. There is, there is no argument. God, people can't, they can argue with you all day long about whether there is a God or not. But when you say, this is what God did for me, and you begin to recount the ways that are totally unexplainable in any other fashion, Nobody can explain why that turned out the way it did. Nobody can explain. It just, it just, there's not a rational reason how, how this came out in your favor. And you go, that's proof that God did this. My God did this. And they may look at you like you're absolutely out of your mind. But I'm telling you, it's a seed that's been planted. It's a seed that they'll come back to more times than one. And, and, and God can use that. Your experience can touch the heart of somebody in such a way that eventually that little seed can cause them to turn their attention and say, God, if you're real and you really did that for my friend, can you do something like that for me? You've opened the door for God to come into their lives. You know, and the people of Israel, they were able to share what God had done. People would walk by those memorials that they had set up, and, and sometimes they would know, and sometimes they would not. And they would ask, what's, what's that? What's that all about? And somebody would be there, come along and tell them what God had done for, those, for the people of Israel. And that was the reminder of how he had moved in their lives. Has he moved in your life? I mean, he's moved some marvelous ways in my life. Totally God. Couldn't be anything or anybody else that can account for the ways that, that, that things happened and the way things turned out. You know, we, we, we really need to get to a place where we, we're constantly putting ourselves in remembrance. When things don't look like they're going right, you need to make a determination in your heart to remember his goodness, to remember his mercy to you at times when you know you didn't deserve any mercy, to remember his faithfulness, to remember his, his graciousness, to remember his unchanging nature, to know that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what he did for me 10, 20 years ago, if I need that today, he's the same God who will do it again for me today. He'll do it again and again and again and again and again. You know, I I just, I, I have to remember whose I am. You know, that's what Paul said. He said, I, I know whose I am and whom I serve. You need to remember, who do you belong to? Who do you belong to? I'm the servant of the Most High God who made heaven and earth, who remembers me in particular, who looked out through the vast reaches of time through eternity, and he saw in 1953 a little baby girl was born, and he put a plan into action for her life. Oh, just remember that. Remember that God's got something great for you out there ahead of you. What you've seen behind you when you look back and you remember all those wonderful things is nothing compared to what he's got stretched out ahead of you. There is so much more to come. You haven't even begun to tap in to what God has for you. You need to remember that.
And how do you remember something that hasn't happened yet? By remembering what he's done already. By remembering what he's done already. He's preserved my life so many times. He's protected me in ways I wasn't even aware of. He's blessed me beyond what I ever thought possible. He blesses me on a daily basis. He daily loads me up with benefits. I mean, from the big things right down to the tiniest of things. You know, he blesses me every single day. But, you know, you need to be aware of those blessings. You you need to be cognizant of the fact that, that when something good happens, that's God blessing me. That's God blessing me. And so when it's, when, it's, when it's not, things aren't going great, you need to stop and say, what am I forgetting? What am I forgetting? And then begin to pull up out of the inside of you all the things that are there that you can, that you can bring up and bring back to your own remembrance. It'll make a difference in your day. It'll make a difference in the way you see things. It'll make a difference in the way you perceive things. It'll make a difference in the way you react to other people. I need to remember that. <laughs> but while I'm at it, I, wanted to, I do want to just, just make a real quick little reference to this. We're living in a day and age where memory issues are rampant. People with dementia, people with Alzheimer's, you know, maybe it happened in generations gone by. Some people say it's a result of our environment, that more and more people are, are, are having problems with this as they get older. You know, you need to now, right now, no matter what age you are, I don't care if you're 12, you know, you start saying that I am blessed. My memory is blessed. I will always have a sharp mind. You know, there is, there is one verse that, that, I, that I go back to because I looked at a couple of different things today and I went back and I, I read different translations of a couple of particular verses that maybe we've used in the past. You know, like uh, uh, we have the mind of Christ or the memory of the just is blessed. But you know, those, when you went and looked at other translations of it, not just in the King James, which is what I use all the time, you found that it really wasn't talking about the mind. It was, it, was about, it was talking about something else. But I'm telling you, in 2 Timothy 1.7, go over there. You know this verse. I know you know it really well. But you need to look at it. And you, you need to, this is something you really need to understand. 1 Timothy 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. A sound mind. Don't go around saying, I forget all, th- all kinds of things all the time. Don't say, I'm a forgetful person. Don't say those things. My, my mom, you know, she's 87, and if, if she says it once, she'll say it. I mean, almost every conversation we have, well, I, I can't remember anything anymore. I can't remember anything anymore. I'm going, stop saying that. Stop saying that. Don't let yourself be heard saying those kind of things. In the Amplified there, instead of the word a sound mind, it says an unimpaired mind. I will never have an impaired mind. Ever. Ever. I don't care how old I get. If I live to be 120, I will have a sound mind unimpaired mind. I will be sharp. I will be cognizant of everything going on around me. I will not lose my mind. We need to be careful what we say. 
Many is the person who have said things and just supposedly in jest, but they kept saying it over and over and over and over and over again until they actually had what they said. Don't be one of those people. You need, to, you need to be of sound, unimpaired mind so that you can remember all the promises of God. What he has told you belongs to you. Who, what he's told you that you are and that what you have and what you can do at all times. You need to be able to remember that. And to do that, you have to, you have, to have a sound, unimpaired mind. And you have to hear the word of God. Keep putting it in there. Keep putting it on the inside of you so that whenever you need it, you can remember it. You can bring it up to your remembrance. Stop saying that my family, it runs in my family. No, you have a new family. In your new family, it does not, it's not a family trait. It is not a family trait. You have changed families. Don't let the, do- the devil talk you into, into staying with what your natural family may or may not have, what problems they may or may not have had. It's not genetic. In the family of God, there's no such thing. I have a sound, unimpaired mind. I have a wonderful memory. Some people may not like that, but I have a wonderful memory. And I do have a wonderful memory. And I will continue to have a wonderful memory. And I will, go to, I will go to meet my Lord one way or the other with a sound, unimpaired mind. And you can too. But you need to start confessing it daily. Daily. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.